0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to a new episode of Back to Basics, reconnecting to the essence of you. With us today is Jay Abassi, and I hope I'm saying it right, who is a mindful trainer, consultant, and public speaker. His mission is to share mindfulness and the benefits he received in managing emotions, sharpening focus, and developing the skills of self observation. Hello, Jay, and welcome to Back to Basics.
1: Hi, Leticia. Uh, Thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate it.
0: Well, I'm very excited about this show. You know, I'm a big fan on mindfulness. I was introduced to it a few years ago by a good friend. And for the audience, the way we connected was uh, my friend Suzanne, who is episode three on Back to Basics, by the way. And she's a mindful coach. She commented on Jay's posting on LinkedIn. He's fantastic on LinkedIn. Everybody's going to be on the show notes and he's always very positive and his messaging is right on. So we started our own trail on your posting. <laughs> and, oh, uh, yeah. And that's how we connected. So I said, oh, this is someone I definitely would love to have on the show. Right.
1: Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I love, I love LinkedIn. I think it's an amazing community and there's so many positive, so much positive messaging there. So.
0: Absolutely. So Jay, before we get into the nitty gritty of, you know, I know you had a big uh, moment in your life that was your aha moment, and I definitely want you to share it. But just share with us, where are you from? A little bit about your childhood. What were your passions growing up? What kind of little kid were you, Jay? You look <laughs> like you might have been troubled. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, okay. So I'm from New Jersey and uh, born and raised in New Jersey, not far from New York City. And I had a, a, I'd say a wonderful childhood. You know, I, my mother uh, was was fantastic. You know, I, I had two older sisters. So I was spoiled, Leticia. I'd say, it's a, it's, if I were going to be honest, spoiled for sure. As the youngest of three, the only son. Oh boy. I was very, <laughs> very spoiled. And so growing up, I was extremely energetic. You know, I have, I still have a lot of energy in me, I guess. And I would always want to be out playing, doing things. And I was always, I'd say, a questioner. What I mean is I I always question things. I would always want to know more about a specific topic. And then once I got interested in it, I would dive really deep. So for example, I was once really into astronomy. I wanted to be an astronomer in eighth grade when they asked, like, what do you want to do in your career? I was the only one that wrote, I want to be an astronomer, not an astronaut. (laughs) And so I remember I even went on this class, uh, we had this class trip where everybody went to go work with people of a specific career. And everyone was in groups, except me, I was the only one that went to this high school where they had um, had this lab and they had this setup, uh, planetarium kind of deal, right, where I could observe the stars and I could work with the, uh, the teacher there. And it was just me by myself. So I guess just to kind of wrap up wh- where I was, I was always into, I was always wondering more. And that's, I think what kind of led me, part of what led me into mindfulness and personal development in that I was never okay with the status quo. I always wanted to, to be more educated.
0: I love it. I think that's a, a common thread. And and that's one of the purposes or my missions with this podcast is establish common threads and curiosity, challenging the status quo, um, and never and never being uh, happy with what you know, but always that feeling of wanting more has been very consistent in every guest uh, pretty much that, <laughs> that I have interviewed. What? So, so you had a happy childhood, and uh, did you know early on what you wanted to be in life, or? How was that process?
1: No, it really, it really, I really didn't. <laughs> I would say mm-hmm. I thought that I wanted to be in astronomy. Then I was very interested in music and poetry. And that was my form of artistic expression that I became very passionate about. Then I went into, uh, you know, going to college, I was initially going to get into business. And that was going to be my thing. And I remember just going to those courses and hating it. I was so bored. Then I went into international relations. I was actually really interested in serving the world through helping with sustainable development and peacekeeping and peace building. That was, I actually, I interned at the United Nations. So, you know, New York City's not far. Oh, that's great. Yeah. I sat in on conferences about climate change and it was A fascinating experience, but the reality is, I realized I couldn't make such an impact in that kind of world. I I wish I could. It's just the way the systems are. It's a hard thing to get into and to make a real impact on. And so, see that, yeah. And so, I thought, okay, what? How? So this kind of it's fun, interesting me telling this because it's making me realize how that got me here. And so, I then thought to myself, Letitia, I want to serve the world one way or another. I want to help. I want to have my, I want my life to have meaning. And I went to a Starbucks one day and I pulled out, I had- There's always a Starbucks by the way. <laughs> Is that another a story. Common thread? There's a Starbucks in everyone's story. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I had my, so. my iPad with me and it had like a little keyboard on it and I typed in industry of the future. I was like, what's the industry of the future? And a few things came up and one that came up was renewable energy. And I started to read up about renewable energy. And I read about this guy named Elon Musk. And that was one of the reasons why I shifted my career to renewable energy, because I believed in his mission. So I think that was maybe the start. Well, actually, getting into international relations was the start of me desiring to serve the world and make an impact and make a difference. And I believe that that's what my work now is hoping, what I'm hoping to do with my work now, I should say.
0: Well, that's very interesting also because you notice as a as a mindful trainer, you are that, you know, the the, the set of coincidence or steps you took. And that's something I, I always talk about because I think people, when they want to make a career change or do something radical, they want to have it laid out. They want the plan to work out and they say, well, I'll do it when things are right. And I think they don't realize it never works like that. It's you have to manifest the desire, as you said, and you are the you are the trainer. So I'm not gonna steal the spot, but and then you you just have to listen and tune into the signals around your life so that you can jump into it. Yeah. So you did go work for Tesla, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Yeah, so
1: I, I it was Solar City at first, and Solar City was the largest solar provider in the country, and Elon Musk was a founder and coach and the co-founder and chairman of Solar City. Then. SolarCity merged with Tesla. And so I I joined Tesla. But to your point, I mean, I think I had to learn this lesson throughout my life, which was on one side of the pendulum, we have the planner. Everything has to be perfect for me to get started to do what I love to do, right? And with that, there's a great deal of expectation. There's a great deal of A desire that includes craving, like I I have to get all these things. And there's this attachment that it has to go a certain way. And even for that planner, once they start, if things aren't going exactly as planned, it causes discouragement because we set in our minds that it has to in order for it to feel like I'm making my progress. On the other side of the pendulum, we have I don't know, I'll just use the term the starter, the person who just starts and has this aspiration to achieve, this aspiration for more, this uh, I should say, this aspiration to have more fulfillment in life, right? And that person says, I'm going to start, but I don't have any real expectation as to exactly how it's going to happen. I'm not attaching to the results so much. I'm doing this for the love of what I do. I'm doing this because this matters to me. I want to contribute to the world in a certain way. And then that person Allows things to come into their lives, is more accepting of the things that that arise, and has the flexibility to pivot and move with whatever life brings them. And that person, I think, not only will they achieve more, but they'll also be much more content along the way.
0: Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. And then I'm going to play devil's advocate because I've had this conversation with people and then they're going to say, well, but how do I pay my bills while I try to live a fulfilled life? Like, I feel that a lot of people, either by fear, you know, of doing it, then they say, well, if I cannot pay my bills, I cannot do this. So what's your argument for that? See if I can (laughs) learn. It's a
1: very, very good point. And here's where I think the mind tends to go very binary. And it doesn't need to be so binary. What I mean is it doesn't have to be one or the other. It doesn't have to be either I'm on this side or on this side. I created this pendulum example, not to say that you're either one or the other. It's simply to say that this is the spectrum, right? But what you can do is you can have this desire, or this, what you want in your life, right? Whatever that love is, that, that inspiration that you want to achieve something. And you can also, of course, still take care of your family. You have the option of both. So in other words, it's not black or white. There's always a gray area. And we find the gray area by looking at things and seeing how much time do we have in our days, right? How can I take a step? And it doesn't have to be where you're going full throttle, 100%. I'm doing this and I'm quitting my job and I'm taking this huge risk, right? It doesn't have to be that way. It could be you're spending 30 minutes a day to start. It could be that you only put in 10 minutes a day towards whatever it is that you wish to achieve. But if you, it really comes down to your mindset. If you have the understanding that this is not going to be something that turns around like this, that you are chipping away at something, that is mindfulness. That is being aware. That is having acceptance of what is to come because you can work towards that dream, you can work towards it. And make sure that you're taking care of your family and your life. There, there's always another way to look at it. So it comes down to your perception. It doesn't have to be. It's either one or the other.
0: I uh, I'm learning. I'm taking notes. I usually do, but I could tell yours are already longer than most uh, because I'm learning. I. I, I can see what you're saying, and I think it's very powerful. I think that uh, I interviewed someone else that said, if you're doing what you love, you don't even count the minutes of how, for how long you've been doing it. You know, it's something that after you finish your do- job, well, like me today, carving time out of my job to do this podcast and I'm enjoying it. It is something that my day is going to be better already because I devoted this hour to talking to you and learning and just exchanging, you know, inspiration. And I hope that people that are listening to the podcast do the same when they set aside some time to do something that really drives them and drives their passion. Right. And
1: Leticia, like, I think you're a perfect example of of putting in that time doing what you love and here's the thing right if you're if you're doing this and then after the show the expectation in your mind is i'm probably going to get the same amount of engagement that joe rogan gets right or something like that like that's where the suffering becomes it's unnecessary right instead right you are building something you have that that mindset that this is what i love to do i'm letting go of whatever the result is and I'm going to keep doing this. And then if you have that, then the consistency of it happens because you don't have that expectation and it's building and it builds and it grows. And then all of a sudden you blink and you look up and and you're where you wanted it to be because you didn't quit. The people who quit or get discouraged is because they expect the Joe Rogan numbers, right? I'm just using Joe Rogan as my example after a week or a month or two months or four months. You know what I'm saying? It takes time to build that up. Just as you know
0: what are his numbers. No, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> I never look into that. But I, I I agree. I think you you hit it on the nail with the word consistency. I think that that's the differentiator when, when your intentions are pure and they are detached from outcome. And I know it frustrates many people because they ask me, What's, what are you? chasing. And uh I've had to even go to the extreme to say, I'm not quitting my day job. I love my job. I own my company. I mean, I've been in telecom for so long that I plan to stay there, but they start getting confused. Like, where is she going with all this podcasting, with all this interview? And I say, I don't know, but believe it or not, out of some interviews, I've gotten some business connections that are very good. And I never said it to be that at all. And so I, I, I like to walk on the path and see what the path brings. I love brings, that. For I mean, sure. it's
1: amazing how many times Leticia, I hear this story of, Hey, I actually let go and I didn't really have any real expectation and opportunity presented itself. I can't tell you how many times I've heard that story.
0: Yeah. And, and it's exciting because once you really take the labels out, they just do it because you like it. Everything is possible. And and really, if I fail, I don't care. And I, I don't have, I'm doing what I want. So there's no, it's really so much easier. I, I agree. So So definitely you were very, you were in Tesla, you got promoted. I don't know how many times you were running the whole training organization. Is that what I read somewhere?
1: So I was responsible for the national training program for energy sales training as one of my last stints at Tesla.
0: Wow. That's fantastic. And so, and so definitely their life threw you, one of the curveballs and which we all have to go through. And this is why this is so important. I know you had a a loss, the loss of your father, right?
1: Yes. So that was 2014. And with that, it wasn't as, it wasn't like he was sick and we knew it was coming. It was sudden. It was a sudden heart attack. And sorry, thank you. It was hard in a number of ways of course you know just losing a parent is a very hard thing for anyone who has and you know there was like I mentioned earlier two older sisters my mother and I was married at the time so the only man in the family right had to kind of stand up stand up and really step up I should say and grow up so i didn't have a choice i had to grow up so i did my best of course to maintain around them and and be able to show that we're going to be okay to give them the support that they needed but internally, I was going through a lot, and it wasn't, you know, it wasn't that everything else in my life was peachy either. I was, I wasn't. This was before Tesla, so I wasn't doing what I loved at the time. I, my marriage was, we were struggling, and I was in a lot of financial debt. There was a lot of things that were going wrong. So I sought out ways to improve personally. How do I get through this? How do I manage through the grief? How do I get my life together? It was this realization, Letitia, that this could happen to me. You know, like what happened to my dad? He had dreams. He had aspirations. He wanted to be promoted and and he wanted to see his grandchildren grow up. You know, anybody, we, we, all of us, this could happen. So there was a lot that sparked a change in me and I started to seek out ways to improve and I found mindfulness and it changed my life completely. I was able to look at myself objectively, which is what I teach people now. And that is to look at our thoughts, our feelings, our actions, and be able to manage the ways in which we wish to show up in the world. And ultimately, that's what makes change in our lives. And it's what made a change in my life. The one thing that surprised me, Letitia, was that it also, not only did it help me to manage through the grief, but it helped me professionally significantly. Like you mentioned, I've had had success at Tesla. I grew within the company. I say, I credit it due to my ability to look at myself objectively through self observation and so yeah and that's what i wish to share with the world that's what i hope people can find because i think it's the real solution to a lot of the suffering that's out there
0: that's great and then you make you made a commitment because now you you became a certified trainer and then you form your own consulting company about this. you 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 get uh, you go to public speaking events and I mean you're great. I I I became very fast a fan after I Suzanne made me discover your first um your first uh, LinkedIn post because you have an energy about you and the way you post things and I think it is on a very cute video everybody he has on his uh webpage which I will it would be on the show notes but I think it's jabasi that me. Yes. Right. It's a great uh, URL, and uh, his little daughter Amelia. Is Amelia, her yes. How old is she? She's eight. Oh my God, it's adorable, and she interviews Jay about mindfulness, and it's it's really nicely done. And uh, so you could see the the level of engagement and commitment you have in ways to take complex ideas into, you know, simple terms and simple ways. You have a lot of one-liners in your, in your LinkedIn, which I, I I think they help because it, it takes away that mystification we have about mindfulness.
1: Yeah, I really appreciate that, Leticia. That means so much to me because that's that's part of what I want to do. I think there's this stigma behind mindfulness, this thought that it's so complex and it's about the, you know, We have to be up in the cave somewhere with the robe on. And, you know, like that's the kind of ideas that come to mind when you hear the word or when you think about it. But really, it is the most practical and the most logical thing. It is that if you want to change you, you need to understand you. And the tool to understand you is mindfulness. I I always use uh, machines as an example. Like, if there's a machine that's broken down, and you were to tell me, hey, this machine is broken down. And I go, okay, well, here's how you fix the machine. Take this wrench and go into the mainframe and do that. And you'd be like, wait, hold on. I don't even t- I don't know what the problem is with the machine, right? So that's terrible advice. The advice I should give you is, well, here's what we should do. Let's examine the machine. Let's find out what's wrong with it. Let's find out how it's working, right? And that's what we need to do. We need to put the mirror up and look within ourselves. And that's taking something that is really oftentimes thought as complex and breaking it down in its most simplest form. And I, I love doing it. It's like a little challenge for me in problem solving and figuring out ways to communicate it in the most simplest terms.
0: Well, you're very successful. I love how you pose a very important question in your, in your blogs and you say, why mindfulness is not just for yogis, right? And and you kind of said it now, but I think it's It's amazing because you really, at that point, you have people's attention. It's like, what? Can I do this? (laughs)
1: Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, and of course, like, I don't mean it to say, like, there's something wrong with yogis. I mean, you know, anyone who made this their life passion, like to be a a monk or to be like, wonderful, but that's amazing, you know, but for the average person who goes to work nine to five, who has a family, that person also can find a great deal of value. And practicing and it's not something that takes four hours out of your day it's not something that even takes an hour out of your day it could be to start five minutes ten minutes and then the difference isn't that you change the things you do each day what you instead do is you change the way in which you relate to the things that you do every day Do you understand what i mean like in other words if you you respond to an email normally at work, you may respond with reaction and emotion often because you're, you're caught up in the moment. You're caught up in, in what the person said if it was threatening or something like that. But mindfulness just allows you to look at it and be able to respond with a little bit more clarity and focus because you have developed this practice. And from there, I think that that doesn't require more time. It just made you better. At work, it made you better in your life because you managed through that emotion a bit better.
0: Yeah, no, I I, I feel like I'm in a free mentoring session because I haven't shared with you. I shared with the, the audience two episodes ago that uh, one of the ways I was coping through all these pandemic times we're living is through committing to a mindfulness program. So I, I'm taking a seven week mindfulness program, The Power of Awareness. And so I'm starting, you know, like I'm meditating every day and, and and I see exactly what you're saying. And to give a tangible example, the other day, two days ago, I was serving dinner and it had been a very busy day at work and the house was disorganized and I'm a very organized person. And, you know, I see my two kids, my husband, everybody doing their thing. And I could see the thoughts as I was serving dinner. Of frustration, like I'm doing so much, no one's helping me. Papa, like I could tell that I was gonna explode. <laughs> and then, because I was watching the, the thoughts, you know, through now what I'm learning, I told them, guys, this thought is coming is I feel I'm not getting enough help. Can tonight please you all go the extra mile and help mommy in, you know, organize? And it was so powerful how everybody, of course, they now became aware like, wow, yeah, mommy's having a hard day today and and let's help her. And it just was a very different experience than what would have normally happened, because I would let the thoughts get me to the point of reaction where I'm upset and I'm screaming and I don't want to be that.
1: Wow. What a powerful example. That's such a great example. And what also happens to Leticia is in the event that you didn't have mindfulness. You may not have even reacted to your family about the disorganization, but that resentment would have stayed in you, and it might have been in a different form where you would have reacted to to your child or to your husband about something completely different because you still have the anger within you. But you were able to look at it, you were able to accept it, and then you were able to let go of it through a simple, logical conversation with your family, and I mean, wow! What a difference, right? In your day, that could lead to, with multiple instances where you put the practice and the uh, you put this into practice.
0: Absolutely, I agree with the, what you say. That it's not a big commitment. It's just you. It just committing to it. Even one minute is more than no minutes. Right. So I definitely think it's very powerful. And since I mentioned the pandemic, I know you share with me as we were starting that you were hit by COVID you and your family.
1: Yes, I was. And so this was end of March. So I had, my mother got infected. I got infected. My ex-wife, my girl, it was a lot of people around us. I'm very blessed to say we're all okay. Everyone made it out. But it was interesting to see how mindfulness came into play here because it again was my saving grace. You know, I I remember the moment when I realized, okay, I need to get checked out. It was when I couldn't complete a full sentence without feeling out of breath. And mm. that was scary. And so I, uh, you know, I spoke to the doctors and they said, you know, your daughter at this point, don't be any different with her. She probably has it, but she's going to be fine. The kids don't show symptoms. and so she hadn't shown any symptoms. So I remember I was going to go to the hospital and I go to give my daughter a hug and this thought hits me. Is this the last time I'm going to hug my daughter? And that scared the heck out of me. But what mindfulness helped with, and it was very, very similar to what you just shared with me, I saw the thought. I looked at it objectively. And then I asked myself this question, do I know this to be true? Do I know this to be the actual reality of my situation? Right? And the fact that I can look at it objectively, and I accepted the fact that I was afraid, I wasn't resisting, I was very aware of it, but I, I talked uh, or I saw the thought, and I was able to let go of it much easier and it didn't lead to panic. And I think oftentimes these things could lead to panic and you all, everyone knows that panic and fear only increases more, uh, leads to more cortisol running through the body and therefore you're now more at risk of getting even sicker and it leading to something more because your body is in that kind of state of fight or flight, Right. And so mindfulness was able to help me to not hold on to that so much. I was able to let go of it. And I do think it helped a great deal in my own personal recovery because I was able to bounce back. And now I feel back to 100%. Oh, wow.
0: Well, thanks for sharing. I think that's a lot of people out there that either have had it or not had it can, you know, take a lot of uh, encouragement from those thoughts. And also what you say not react to the circumstance, but just, uh, Calmly assess the situation. Right,
1: right. And just you know, look at the reality of what, what's really happening and not get lost into, well, what could happen? Could I get sicker? Like all that, none of that serves. It, ne- it doesn't serve us. It's okay to be prepared. That's not what I'm saying. Of course, prepare and plan and do what you need to do and isolate and take the medicines and all those things. Like, yes, do that. But getting caught up in all that stuff of the what ifs, it doesn't serve us at all.
0: That's uh that's a good reminder. So Jay, I obviously asked what makes people tick. I'm not going to ask you. I mean, you just say you want to help the world Is uh, unless there's any other thing that makes you tick. I just want to give you an open mic to share anything that's exciting, more exciting going on with you, any future plans you have, anything you want to share with the Back to Basics audience.
1: Well, I, I think there's a lot of things that make me tick. And of course, Building, helping people to be more aware is the most important thing. Helping people to, or giving people the tools so that they can see themselves. I always say to people, I can't help you. Only you can help you. And so that's my my number one thing is giving people the tools. But there are a number of things I get excited about. I get excited about effective communication. I get excited about how to sell effectively and, and build relationships with people. I get excited about public speaking. I get excited about building um, strong relationships and connections on LinkedIn. So there's a lot of things that make me tick. So who knows what the future holds? But right now, I'd say it's it's mindfulness for sure.
0: Awesome. Well, yeah, I, I will share maybe the video of this interview because he has a big smile in his face. So you can tell that he's enjoying what he's doing. And I love that because it's contagious.
1: I appreciate that. Thank you. So,
0: well, Jay, thank you for being here. Thank you for sharing your message. I definitely think we're going to see great things of you because you are committed to it. And mindfulness definitely, I think is a great, great tool to get us through life the way it should be and stop the noise around us and just look inwards and realize, you know, our full potential.
1: I appreciate that, Leticia. And it's great to hear that you're going through a mindfulness program. I'm I'm looking forward to hearing more about it. So keep me posted. And thanks again for having me on.
0: Thank you, everybody. And all the Jay's information will be on the show notes. And uh, thank you for joining. And until a new episode of Back to Basics. And until the next time.